Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and you just get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, or cupcakes, feel free to email MyFirstSketchPodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyfalls. Today's guest is Julia Selly, currently the creative force behind Locked in Julia's Basement. Her first sketch is called Mortalitrex, a parody of pharmaceutical commercials about a drug designed to stop you from becoming a zombie. Julia does the omniscient voice, giving you all the visual information for this commercial. Kurt Reedy is the commercial's voiceover. And Bill, Rick, and myself perform a couple of the characters within the commercial. Let's head to the sketch. stockpiling non-perishables? You maintain an irresponsibly large collection of household items that could easily double as weapons? Leave me like this. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Are you tired of having to see your friends and neighbors plead for a mercy killing prior to turning? Perhaps it's time you've tried more Teletrex. Once a day, Mortalitrix will ensure that when you're dead, you'll stay dead no matter what the root of zombie infection may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
both scientists are pleased. Look for the kink and simultaneously utter a lingering and pleased sigh. In cut two, a pack of mice in five heavily decorated bowls clear of breakers as it passes hands between the mouth bowl and the priest. The priest receives it with a jubilant grin before looking up to distribute the wafers and wine. He came out quickly to have live wine of unsuspecting churchgoers and merry organizers in the background. Rainbow on the lower half of people's faces as the wafers are distributed into their palms as their fists drop deep bowls of wine from communal chalice covering the sugar plates. Rainbow on the priest and the next priest in line continues in unison. A body of Christ. Amen. More Talatrex, when taken orally, will gradually deliver and plant carefully designed self-destruct sequences into your chromosomal chromosomal DNA. When your vascular and central nervous systems are compromised beyond repair, more Talatrex will quickly pop into action to hasten cell death to the effect of a semi-imminent self-destruct button. Thanks to Mortalitrex, I can breathe easier knowing that my lifeless corpse will be left incapable of causing harm to my loved ones and kin. Mortalitrex is not for everyone. Do not take Mortalitrex if you have a history of heart failure. Chasing this dragon, hepatitis B through S, if you are already inhabiting a reanimated corpse, or if you are or become pregnant with the spawn of Satan or any other deity, wizard, or struggling magician. Stop taking Mortalitrex immediately and consult your doctor if you need to experience thoughts of suicide, an appreciation for Nickelback, severe and rapid tooth decay, erections lasting more than 11 hours, acute hemorrhagic fever, Santa Clausitis. ocular herniation, leprosy, and chronic postnasal drip, as these may be signs of a severe allergic reaction. Do not be alarmed if you experience insomnia, loss of appetite, depression, occasional blindness, dry mouth, night tears, spastic colon, sleep and or daytime apnea, chronic dorsal itching, and herpes while taking Mortalitrex. I'd rather a little existential dread gnawing away at my core over a walker any day. Most days. 
Some, but not all, people taking Mortalitrex have reported other side effects, including hair loss, hair growth, spontaneous impotence, halitosis, slow onset hermaphroditism. <laughs> Rabies, vampirism, and a propensity to study law. More Talatrex. Hey Julia. Hello. Uh, so tell me about this first sketch. What was the idea that came from it? Like, it was a, a parody of a, a history of racial injustice. Um, and I wanted it to be popular. It was probably popular when I was doing it. I guess more popular then with the whole Walking Dead. And when was it? Like, this was two years ago? Yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, I think it said 2014 on the top. Yeah. They're still pop. I mean, isn't Walking Dead still like the top show on TV? It doesn't matter. But, okay, so it's a pharmaceutical plus zombies, and then you do the side side effects at the end, and then, like... Pretty much a lit sketch. And with... It's it's so visual, like... Yeah. um, What was my first... Sorry, listeners. Yeah, because, I mean, if you could rewrite this to be a stage, but you're going to lose a lot of, yeah. Um, you should shoot it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, why did you write this? Like, what was, was this? I think it was part of the class assignment. So, another, cl- okay. So, <laughs> Fit, yeah. 101 with? Uh, Sean Landis. Sean Landis was your teacher. Okay, that's my first one of Sean Landis student. And how's that experience with with learning sketch comedy through like a, that classroom setting? It was good. I, I remember uh, the first time I played people reading material because we weren't allowed to uh, read what we're reading every day. You you weren't allowed to be your own like character. Yeah, you, 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 uh, or it was like a it was suggested that you hear other people do it too. Okay. And I really like 
And so, and then what brought you to taking a class uh, oh, I, in sketch comedy? Because like it's that's such a specific. Yeah. Um, my parents used to let me stay up late to watch a movie with other on Sundays. That wasn't on late, though, I don't feel. Yeah. Yeah. We had the DVD Nevermind. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are you kidding? I was the best thing ever. So. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't really do much in high school or college uh, with, with comedy at all, aside from, you know, uh, being with certain friends. And like, so why sketch comedy versus any other form of writing or? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's that, that fire and that love that goes with it. Um, you know, so uh, you watch it and you, uh, it's like, oh, maybe I can get something together too. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I used to walk past the shoe that when everything happened there, but I never actually got to see the show there or anything like that. I just worked in the end of it. And, uh, um, so then I was like, I, I need to do it. And I, I did the board. And no problem at all. <laughs> That's good because you, I was about to ask, like, how did you find about, how to find out about, uh, fit and, like, walking by the theater is a perfectly simple way of finding out about fit like did you know about other comedy in philadelphia or not really i think there was a rap house somewhere that i had never been to and i've heard of helium but i had never been to that mm -hmm. for some years so um but neither of those would really would have helped you with sketch comedy like i figured uh, i'm more comfortable uh, with that than singing really okay just a student of sketch comedy like okay um so you brought up saturday night live so who would have been your favorite cast member you're actually the first one that has said will ferrell so far really? yeah I mean, I've only interviewed like 10 people, so it's not a very big sample size, but yeah. you're still the first. Well, Farrell, like Phil Harmon's come up like f four or five times already. So Will Farrell, like, do you have like a favorite like character or like a sketch from his time in... Okay. Uh, I really liked. I I thought that was like a cute pairing. And <laughs> I I I loved how dense they were, and and also about like how how tight they were. And it's weird because like I can't think of him doing anything else with Rachel Dratch other than the Lovers sketch. Like, and if like even if I think about it now, like. 
He paired with Sherry O'Terry for the cheerleaders. He paired with Anna Gasteyer for the, the music teachers. Paired with Molly Shannon for dog show. Did he did he do anything else with those people? Do you, like, you remember? Like, oh, now I'm gonna like go into a rabbit hole of trying to figure this out and seeing if he did like multiple pairings with the same person. Yeah, that's the problem I'm going to now. Like, that's my week now is figuring out Will Ferrell's pairing. <laughs> Sorry, work. I'm calling out this week. SNLF is getting busy this week. <laughs> um, back to this idea of yeah, like, what else were you writing in the class? Um, like, cause, I mean, you have to do a parody. You have to do a fish out of water. You have to do. Has that ever been like? Has have you put that one up? Like, no, has that been performed? Has has anything from the one on one class been performed ever, outside of SketchUp or open mics or? Yeah, I don't know. I like that hospice one. You might want to bring that back. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't really consider that one finished. Then finish it. Yeah. What would it would that have been? It just kind of like went on. But like, what what really assignment would that have been? Would that have been, um, or just a general sketch that you wrote? Like, was it written like as the fish out of water? It's a good idea. I like it. Do it. Um. Oh, like like how contra like I mean, controversial how not like based around experience though, uh, kind of survival of the fetus. Okay. <laughs> um Um, and it's never seen the light of day before. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, <laughs> um, because like, and I don't mean this to be, uh, mean or anything, but like when I hear Julius Ellie or locked in Julius basement, my first thought is going to be weird. Like there's going to be something yeah. bizarre happening. It's going to be dark. It's, it is, it's, it is going to be those things. Cause I certainly remember you, you I, I believe you killed Santa mm -hmm. in a sketch. It was a, a silent sketch. And it was just this 
human and shot Santa. Oh, it wasn't entirely funny, actually. The beginning was funny. Uh, the huntsman had, had shot Santa, believing it to be a uh, an intruder. And um, we could hear the son off stage yelling down, oh, is that, I hope it's Santa. I hope he got into airplane mode. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, so where does the, the the dark and the weird come from? Like, like is there an influence? Like, what did you watch something that like really hit? Like, I don't know. I I, I think that that's like that's that's you. You develop that throughout your lifetime. You don't think that there's like been an actual specific episode of something or a sketch or a movie that was like, oh, this is this is my thing. Like, I like this more than. Okay. So that's like, like my parents had no sort of. Um, Next question: Why were you exposed <laughs> to dead animals? Uh, my, my Please dad, tell me. My dad was a falconer, so he would always have. Like, okay, that's. Um. <laughs> he would raise. Uh, that wasn't the answer I was expecting <laughs> at all. I was not expecting falconer. I was expecting veterinarian. You know, like even a hunter. Like, but, like, yeah, that, you know, a roadkill collector or whatever that, do, like, I, I think there's a, that's a job on the highway that someone has to do that, right? Like, um, that's, that's still, that counts, I guess, but a falconer bringing home, like, So where were you living with a falconer and quail eggs? Like just outside of Philly, like like you get the uh, what is it, the R three or R two? Either one. <laughs> and, um, it's like between Philly and Chester, the little nook of what could be considered a suburb. So you're not. Oh, uh, Falcon. Fal- okay. Yeah. So like, cause I mean, again, you say falconer, I'm thinking woods completely, like. Northeastern Pennsylvania, Wellsboro, Williamsport, like up in that pocket. Well, we would, like, like sometimes we would go down to more so central New York so, and have a hawk. And you would have a and you had a falcon or hawk in the you had some kind of raptor in the house as occasionally we had a uh, uh, a corner house that we had a fairly big plot of grass. Mm-hmm. This is no longer co- a podcast about comedy. It's all about hawks. <laughs> so, okay, um, I'll bring it back to comedy this way. Even though I'm endlessly fascinated now. Uh, 
when Will Forte did the Falconer sketch. Okay, was it like, that's incorrect. Like, that's not how that happens. Your dad was a total, nor- totally normal falconer. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, totally normal person who also enjoyed falconry or whatever that noun is. <laughs> um, so. Okay, why? Other than the the quails and the the. But you're not into horror movies or like no, anything know. else macabre, like. Well, I mean, now it, yeah. now it is with like the torture porn genre, and like it's just like how much blood can we spurt out of something, or, or the scary little shadow when you turn the lights off, or. I was I, I don't I don't remember watching many horror movies growing up, but I was always more terrified about news stories. Like, for whatever reason, any serial killer in the country, I assumed was coming to Philadelphia to kill me next. I'm sure they're more likely than serial killers in Folsom, Pennsylvania. You can watch cops and everything that you want, but in Living Color at 9 p.m. or Roseanne or whatever's at 9 p.m., you have to go to bed. I, I, I specifically remember the first time I was allowed to um, stay up late, and uh, I was just not going to go to bed. So you're just like, all right, we're doing this now, like... Uh, okay, so Conan must is like. Oh, I love Conan. Okay, so Conan of the late night people, he's like the shining star for you. Because um, I mean, I don't know if he gets dark necessarily, but he does get weird. Like there is some bizarre. I think I, I I don't think I've ever seen that full thing. I remember seeing the clips and like when their clip shows are like, "Hey, we've been on the show for fifteen, like been on the air for fifteen years. Let's see this again." There, his um, one of the funniest things in my life, and I will like, and I think it will be the funniest thing in my life forever, is when uh, Brian Stack did Frankenstein, and it was uh, Frankenstein finds something interesting or something, and like he would always like go through the halls of of Thirty Rock. And like he would, there's actually like interesting things happening, like a showgirl or Tom Hanks or big celebrity, and then it's an outlet, like, and he's just so like outlet gray, like it's it's endlessly funny to me. There's actually the one I, I say Tom Hanks because there's one of Tom Hanks where he pushes Tom Hanks out of the way, light switch, like, and the light switch is like yeah, like I'll put a link up on the blog sometime. I'll I'll infiltrate Facebook. <laughs> 
my Facebook will be Frankenstein on Conan nonstop for the next week after figuring out this Bill uh, Farrell duos thing. All right, so you primarily write alone as because I made a mistake in like a couple episodes ago. I I said that Patrick writes sketches was the only one in the city that is a singular writer with a cast performing it. And immediately after I left Patrick, I was like, oh wait, no, Julia does that too. Locked in Julia's basement is a thing that I have actually seen on stage. How did you forget, you dummy? So what was what was the decision of like or was it a decision? It wasn't really much of a decision. I just had a bunch of like ideas and I started looking out and uh, and then I started writing Yeah. But it wasn't because you don't like anyone. Like, no, no, like no. it's not like a someone else's opinion doesn't matter, or no. you want full like artistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What writer part? What writing partner have you not liked in the past? Like. <laughs> you don't have to worry about scheduling five other people to show up. You're just like, I'll just do it. And then, so do you write for specific people? Like, have like, I mean, you have a show next week. Any of those sketches? Did you write specifically thinking like, I want him to do this. I want his voice, her voice. So you're not, but okay. So you just mentioned how the improvisers are mm-hmm. itching oh, to get on yeah. stage, but you're bringing it in. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and it, like locked in Julie's basement's all you all you're writing, you're directing. Like you you're not bringing someone else in to direct the stage or um Yeah, cuz you still see it in your head like you've seen it in your head, you know how you want to do it, so go ahead. Um and like how many of the how many locked in Julie skit shows have there been like or like you know specifically like it's not that many but it's more than I've done for sure. You can just make up a number; it's totally fine. I won't double check you. 
and so and then you yeah and this Mm -hmm. but you also clown right so all right tell me about that like where did that start where did that come from So I figured out I was kind of like clowning, and then um, uh, we were doing a, I think a Q&A workshop, and Ashley was like, "Are you ever interested to do doing it like and doing it after?" Um, and then we did that, and then I got on and did it in Naples, and then she went to Naples. Okay, cause, cause when you when you mentioned you know back in the high school table i was hoping like oh yeah i've been clowning for 10 years and like i, I kind of figured like I, I i think like after i learned really more so about clowning and i realized what i was like i was like i've kind of been doing that almost every single day <laughs> you know and, and and i primarily serve tables and i would usually try to entertain the uh, the patrons sometimes sure there are certain situations where i feel like words might help more <laughs> than just twiddling Are your bosses okay with that? Because <laughs> I feel like, because because like I mean like there's certain points in my life where you know I'm by myself you know on a vacation or whatever I'm like and I'll think I'm like wow I haven't spoken a word out loud at all today but I'm by myself watching TV like not helping people and serving them because I, I work in customer service too and I would love to not talk ever as well but at a certain point you have to say no and say you're wrong and <laughs> uh, okay so so you have you ever performed before getting into sketch comedy was that uh, did you do high school plays did you do anything I was going to say, so you've completely gone the opposite way after, like, after education. It's like, ah, uh, screw science. Let's go back that way. I still like it, but I can't imagine my life without 
Right. Yeah, I think that's a certain people have that creative gene that like although they might like the science or the math, it's not going to be fulfilling to them as much as I forget. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so from all right. So you're drawing a cartoon in high school. Um, to. Yeah. Because that's a thing people do. Yeah. I got to be like a gaffer at one point, and I was, uh, uh, I did not know how to, like, do any sort of recording or film jobs or anything like that, and I ended up doing, like, all this thing doing some sort of, like, recording on some wrestling event. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, for, for what? It was the, uh, it was, was it Chikara, or? So you're not even going to like the real wrestling leagues that are permeating Philadelphia. You're going to like the celebrity I'm not gonna lie, that sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible time to spend a night. John Bobbitt and one of the little people from how like so what are you writing about with that, like Oh, you weren't even writing. You were. Yeah, I was like the reporter for. The were you like interviewing John Bobbitt? Um, I I uh, I didn't get to, um, but I was like on the site reporting about the fight kind of thing. It was weird. It was kind of cool. All right, I was obsessed with the Falgreen. Let's go back to the like. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just I, I'm sure there isn't because I just because that's probably just like a one and done. Like, that's so weird. Sure. And um, and I get there, and they gave me like the lead part almost immediately, which really you think like oh, this is gonna suck. How like how? Um, yeah, I think they were just like sniffing and like oh yeah yeah, you wanna do this person? Was it like a damsel in distress kind of role like that? I was. It was pretty much a take off of Buffy Vampire Slayer. Okay. Um, except he was uh, a dog splitter. 
Sometimes we like bad old evil um, beef and the mashed potatoes on this one. And, uh, so how are you doing this? And then you get into sketch comedy. Like, I, like, I, like I, I don't really know those guys too well or anything like that. And um, I, I kind of just, you know, wasn't satisfied with things. I didn't think it was, it wasn't, it wasn't up my alley sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I remember, I forget, I think it was that occurred after I took um, intro to acting at Walnut Street Theater. Okay, so there, okay, uh, so there had other yeah. real performing and, no. Oh, I took intro to acting. I say that as if sketch comedy isn't real or, well. uh, but like there is other performing arts yeah. happening as well. The Dark Knight. Yeah. And uh, I had that in my head the entire time. So I played this upbeat character with that in my head the entire time. So it turned out to be something I completely branched and wasn't. But um, aside from that, and I also took fucking uh, discipline and a uh, voice test. But the voice test was mostly for people who actually needed it. It was a... It wasn't a voice performance class. It was... oh. Uh, so then uh, I'll wrap up with this because there's just a lot of uh, just so much weird that I just I don't understand but like so what so why comedy why have you settled into this comedy Yeah, you could be on the down, you could be on the ground die, dying, and a dude trips in the far ground. You're still gonna laugh at that, like. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, all right. Worth my time. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Julia. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Yeah! A little fact checking. Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry were a duo in at least two recurring sketches on SNL, The Spartan Cheerleaders and Morning Latte. I know that was eating away at you as like it was for me. Locked in Julia's basement will perform at Good Good Comedy at the Plays and Players Theater at 1714 Delancey Street, July 25th at 8.30 p.m. 
She will also host the theme show on August 4th at 9 p.m. at Philly Improv Theater. This month's theme is Stay Golden. And you can follow Julia on Twitter at Julia Selly. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Of course, like My First Sketch on Facebook to keep up with who I'll be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Now go see some comedy.